Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> Get ready! Woo! We are on tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive! This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunas. San Antonio, Texas, and the cut line is here to break down the tournament that is the absolute last chance for anyone with any association with the PGA Tour to qualify for this year's Masters Championship at Augusta National. Like that. Be ready to attack Rock Ridge at noon tomorrow. Here's your badge. Pardon? We don't need no stinking budget. Oh, no. <laughs> That's fun to say. That's coming up next week. But we are here to break down the Valero Texas Open. And this tournament actually is a lot of fun and is just getting a bad rap because they are right before, obviously, the first major of the PGA Tour season. Hello, Canada. Hello, UK. Hello, USA. Spain. Germany. Sweden. What's shaking New Zealand? How's it hanging Australia? You're crushing over there in Europe. What's up, Cali, Alaska, Nevada, Indiana, Minnesota? Give it up to Minnesota. New York, New Jersey, Florida, Texas, Michigan, and the sweet, sweet state of Wisconsin. And of course, here in Illinois, here in Illinois, but no matter where you're from, the cut line is here to deliver the cheese for all of our listeners. You get the baby cheeses, the monstrous gorgonzola, dental schloss, and when it's too gouda to be true, you reign with a light brie. In order from the a la curd menu, while listening to the Munster Mash, Matt Damon. It goes on and on. Oh, brutal. I'm Mike Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, L-I-U-N-A-S, but it's time, the one year anniversary of us launching the cut line. One whole year. We did it. We had a goal. Launch lasts for a year. Our viewership, everyone coming to support us, all up. We greatly appreciate it. Appreciate you guys listening to the show, going to the website, becoming better DFS players, becoming better tournament wieners and winners. But here we are, breaking down the Valero. This week's show is brought to you by Golf Goons. Interested in getting an NFTs? Getting into cryptocurrency, golf goons makes it fun. Hypothetical here for you, boys. You buy an NFT of Justin Thomas, and guess what? Every time Justin Thomas wins, you get paid. Paid. So, easy fix. Go to at the golf goons on Twitter. Join the Discord. Join a drop. Get your chance to own some of these golfers, these NFT golfers. I'm telling you guys. It is very, very lucrative. You get a chance to make some real cash, transfer that crypto into your bank account. It takes a small investment to create a big opportunity. 
Highly guarantee it. Highly recommend it. Remember, those numbers are going up. It's harder and harder to win here. Harder and harder to win these NFTs. So make sure you guys take advantage of that. Now, the cut line is here to break down and give you an in-depth analysis of the Valero Texas Open. And I'm going to do the best I can. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that. To make sure that you're cashing big on Sunday. In addition, I'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And the cut line's going to do what it does best. Make sure that you have plenty of wieners and winners. Lineups that are cashing and smashing and getting six of six players through the cut line. But as always, lineups locked the following day. We want to give a huge shout out to Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. So if you're not signed up, go to FanshareSports.com and the discount option, write the word cut line and you'll receive 20% off your monthly membership. Ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. All right, so we are going to go to the course reports. And of course, this can be found on cutlinegolf.com where you can break down, look at the live weather widget, look at the stats and key concepts and ideas that I'm looking at, our nuggets and tidbits, everything. You can look at it on your cell phone, look at it on your iPad, look at it on your PC or laptop, however you want to get there. The cut line's got your back. Now, TPC San Antonio gets the dreaded PGA Tour schedule spot before the Masters, and the tournament has always acted as a perfect preparation for many these last few years as the first major of the season is just less than two weeks away. I want to point out that this course is difficult, but it's predicated by the weather. Simply said, the windier the conditions, the more difficult it will be for golfers to score, but in truth, the court lacks any obstacles without the wind or the drier weather down in Texas. Many will look at 2019, the low numbers from that weekend, but the course setup was subpar, and when you combine that that with the lack of wind and heavy rain throughout the weekend, you get the perfect scoring conditions. So, long story short, this is a Greg Norman design, 7,494 yards, par 72, that plays tough in the wind. We kind of mentioned that already, but still saying it again. Um, The course seeks its balance with its tree-lined fairways and with strategy and tacking these greens. Players will miss fairways and they will end up in the rough, but understand that this rough is not that penal. What is penalizing is if you end up in the trees hitting out of the pine straw, then you're going to have some difficulty. Um, Bermuda grass right now is essentially dormant at this point, but you will get this Bermuda Poa mix. So those people that are going to be weighing Bermuda might be getting the wrong end of the flagstick here. But the key is you get even scoring conditions and the ability to hit greens and dial in your approach and your ball striking is what's really going to win you this tournament. Another aspect that tends to get overvalued is the ability to hit fairways. While missing a fairway is never a great thing, missing by just a shade here or there at San Antonio will not cause massive detriments to your game. Yet, any wayward shot that is basically blasted to another galaxy can almost certainly guarantee a bogey or worse. Big hitters get a leg up on particular holes. It helps to hit the ball far. When you have two par fives that measure over 600 yards and four of the par fours that play over 450 yards. So distance helps here. The course maintains a tight layout and typically demands strong ball striking and iron play, but we have seen excellent driving accuracy correlating towards success. Architect Greg Norman, greens are Bermuda grass overseed with POA. Green sizes are about average size, 6,400 square feet. Stint Stint meter will be anywhere from 11 to 11 and a half and then the length of the course, 7,494 yards and a par 
72 three water hazards and 64 plus bunkers looking at the weather ahead you have no wind on thursday which is going to allow massive massive scoring but come 10 a.m 11 a.m 12 a.m on friday right now that wind picks up so if you're going to look at that a.m p.m wave this could be a potential advantage for you showdown players that day will not be potentially advantageous probably be talked about a lot on showdown so maybe you want to do it as a lineup structure and lineup build in terms of your dfs uh weekend lineups saturday and sunday again the wind seems to pick up in the afternoon and we've seen this before nuggets and tidbits players would generally be here to prepare for the masters like our big dogs kind of like rory etc um course history is not as relevant here as it is at other tracks it do not adore those players that have sustained success here it's quite important Having the strength or experience to manage windy conditions is going to be a benefit for anyone in the field. And make sure you're paying attention to this week's weather. Can't stress that enough. It can change on the dime. Approach shot distribution. Much comes from that 150 to 200 range. And surprising, the 250 plus range accounts for, on average, last five years, nearly 19%. Past winners include Jordan Spieth, Corey Connors, Andrew Landry, Kevin Chappell, and Charlie Hoffman. Key stats that I'm looking at. Approach, ball striking, greens and regulation, around the green, birdies are better gained, and approach shot distribution, courses that I like that are similar, TPC Sutherland, Monterey Peninsula, Bay Hill, PGA West, and TPC Scottsdale. But the question is, who am I going to be playing this weekend? He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. This is the Cutlines Birdie or Better segment where you break down each tier of DraftKings pricing to find the best plays, top plays, plays that are going to smash in cash at this weekend's tournament. We're going to start here in the 10K range, and right now the first three guys that I like, McElroy, Matsuyama, and Jordan Spieth. Last year, we started talking about Matsuyama here at the Valero, and then he ended up winning the Masters Championship. We were all over him, and ownership did not seem to like that call. This week, kind of the same situation. Hideki Matsuyama coming in at lower road ownership, around 13-14%. Jordan Spieth with the course history, same thing. But here's what's crazy. Rory McIlroy coming in currently at 20-plus percent ownership. I don't mind going to Rory here. I'm not going to bet him because his Vegas odds are just way too low and it's just not worth it at 8-1, to 9-1. He's got a really good chance of winning here. But also, we've seen the volatility come from certain players here at this course. But I don't think you can go wrong with these three guys at the top. They're smashing all my models. <clears throat> They're up at the top, up at the top in approach. Of course, Jordan Spieth's someone that, that is curious in terms of that. But look at this. 2019, the 30th place finish, first place finish last year. Um, coming in the miscut with the players, but again, it's a tournament that we don't really count this year because of how wacky the weather was, so I'm not too concerned about that. The one thing I do like about 2022, especially for Spieth, 8th in ball striking, 21st in scrambling, ninth in greens and regulation. We know these are key stats to look at when you're playing here. Abraham Answer, on the other hand, is a guy I'm not going to touch. Hits fairways, great at ball striking, but suspect that approach... You look at the course history here, and I know it doesn't demand much, but he's never had a top 20 in terms of like within that top 20 range. He had a 23rd in 2021, and things is kind of changed. But a miscut to Valspar kind of has me curious the type of form that he's in. So we already know he's going to be playing at Augusta. 
I just don't know if I'm going to buy Abraham answer because long-term, he's not a guy that I really want to play. Short-term, he's been off lately. He's been brutal. We've seen that, um, especially with the miscut at the Valspar. And he really hasn't been crushing that, that you know, like a ton this year. So answer is someone that I'm very suspect on. Now he's projecting well, but I'm just not going to buy into it. Bryson has to play this weekend. He's coming off the injury. He is a guy I'm going to have some interest in. Um, I would tread cautiously, though. If you are entering the 3-max single entry, Bryson is most definitely like a long shot. You're going to get super low ownership on him, but in terms of 150 max, I don't see how you can't say he doesn't fit this course. He, you know, he hits the ball long, hits the ball far. He plays great in the wind. Ranks in the top 15 in my overall stat model, top 15 in my aggregate model, number nine in my confidence model. So we know he's coming off the injury. He has to play this weekend, get prepared for Augusta. We know he struggles at Augusta because he just doesn't have the game that's necessarily suited for that course, or he just doesn't have the experience. So something to consider. Go to that 9K range. I like just about everyone in this range except for Jason Day and Maverick McNeely. And I'm not going to go into why I don't like them, but they're just two guys that I'm just not too keen on. First of all, Day, you never know what you're going to get with this guy. He, he's inconsistent. He's always getting injured. And then McNeely kind of just hasn't been in the best form that you know I want to like tie, tie into and, and be associated with. Sucks at scrambling. Um, missing fairways like crazy. And... Never played here before. Coming off a 46 at the players, which we're not really counting, but then a 73rd at the API. So he's not really in the best form. Hasn't seen him for a while, so that could benefit the ownership. But still, we're looking at double-digit ownership. Um, Corey Connors, one year before. Of course, we're going to buy into him. But Siwoo Kim, Chris Kirk, and Gary Woodland. I'm going to buy into Gary Woodland and how well he's playing. Uh, I've been saying this all year that... I think he's in for his bounce back season. We saw a 21st at the Valspar after missing the cut to players. But before that, 5th at the API, 5th at the Honda Classic. So we like the way Gary Woodland's playing right now. I'm going to love seeing him play this weekend, hopefully getting that W. Chris Kirk, though, coming off the, uh, you know, we're going to say this a guy, this a lot, guys, that people are coming off the cut at the, at the Players' Championship. That's okay. Remember how brutal the weather was that weekend? So we're good there. We're going to go to Cebu Kim. You know, we're going to ride that putter when we can. And the fact is, is that, like, if that putter can get hot, he can win any tournament. He ranks super high in my overall stat model, top 20, in fact. But, you know, it's the putter that we're always going to question. It's the putter that leaves us suspect. Now, if Siwoo can putt, he can top five, top 10, potentially win this tournament. If he can't, forget about it. You know, that's a miscut or a very low finish. Keegan Bradley, Tony Finau. Part of this is a little bit biased. I want Finau to to kind of do well but struggle so we can get him next weekend. I love the fact that you know we're coming back to course history and a lot of success at Augusta. Keegan Bra- Bradley is not just someone I, I, I don't have a lot of interest in. I think he's more of a high-risk leverage play this weekend. Um, hasn't been has been well at approach like long-term, but recently we've seen some suspect approach numbers. Um, missed the cut of the Valspar, and that's kind of the key thing here. Uh, with Keegan, though, at 9,200, that's a lot of money to fork over for a guy who's never finished in the top, you know, inside the top 20. Uh, best finished in 2021, 23rd before that, 45th missed cut, and 37th over the last five years. So that breaks down that 9K range. Going down to the 8K range, Hadwin, Streelman, Vegas, List, and Davis, Riley. 
this is our first time we're exposing ourselves to people who played at Corrales. And I get it. People are looking at the match play and Scheffler and winning last weekend. But Johnny Vegas finished top five. So he would love to qualify for Augusta. Absolutely, with a fourth place finish at Corrales. I'm going to play that recent form finish. In fact, anyone who did well at Corrales, like like Hogard, right? Hogard, he's in the 7,900, and we'll go over these 7K guys who finished down here. But, you know, these are guys that I'm going to target. Hadwin, Streelman, List, Riley, Mito, most definitely someone I'm going to do. Now, Charlie Hoffman, though, he is someone that I'm not going to be able to buy into. And here's why. I think this is more of a game theory play, but I think his ownership is just going to blow up. Because people are going to see that the second place, second place, 64th, 40th, and first place finish over the last five years, which is great. Like great horse course history. I talked about course horses here. The thing is, though, Hoffman's form is grotesque. Miscut at the Valscar, miscut at the players, 71st, 67th at the waste at you know at the WMPO. Playing brutal golf right now, trying to turn it around and spin it around. I'm just not going to buy into Charlie Hoffman here. I have no interest in playing that. Now, Davis Riley is an interesting play, and so is Luke List. List, first of all, he's going to look well in everyone's single model, but the problem is if that putter goes cold, we have you know the same issue that we saw with Siwoo Kim or the same issue that we'll have with Tony Finau. If those putters are freezing, they have high potential to finish very low and miss the cut. But the thing is with List, there's so much upside on his approach game. His ability to hit fairways, I'll take it when he can get hot. Hadwin, our Canadian, got a got a roster him. Streelman, same thing. We've been rostering so recently, just what based on their recent form. So Mito seems like flavor of the month, but we're gonna go back to him this week. And for Patton Kazire and Ryan Palmer, I think these are higher risk plays here. Um, first of all, Palmer really doesn't fit this course. Um and I'm not a huge fan of him. And I know like he has had success here, but we talk about the volatility and lack of course history, or I'm sorry, like course correlation to success. Okay. Here's Palmer, 17th in 2021. He followed that up with two missed cuts, a sixth in 2017 and a fourth in 2016. So tons of upside for Palmer. It's just, I'm not buying into it. I don't think his game is there right now as we speak. Going down in the second 7K range, we have to rest, you know, roster Sahith. Uh, we just have to. He, he's been playing so well. I'm going to buy into him. I'm going to roster him. Kucher, we're going back to Kucher, but I'm finally getting off the Ricky Fowler bandwagon. I hope he proves me wrong and says, like, hey, you should have stuck with me, blah, 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 blah. I just can't do it anymore. And then Ian Poulter, he's been actually very disappointing. And I'm not going to be rostering him either. But Brennan Steele seems to be getting a lot of popularity here. And I can't figure out why. Like, you look at the PJ stats, and he is in within the top 20. But he's terrible around the green. He's 68th in the field in approach. 108th in par 3s. And he's not even in the top 20 in strokes game par 4 or strokes game par 5. So, not quite sure why Steele's getting the love he's getting. We, of course, are going to go back to Doug Gim and Marty Laird. But tread cautiously. Tread cautiously. Other guys I like in this 7K range, Naismith, Chucky Three Sticks, Lanto, uh, Ramey, of course. You're going to love Ramey here. Ramey, the winner of last week's Corrales. Um, going up to the top of the 7K range, Sahith was 22nd. So just, just giving you guys a heads up there that, that there's tons of upside. Nick Taylor was 25th. 
Brian Stewart was seventh. And of course, Alex Smalley was sixth. Kramer Hickok was 13th. Matthias Schwab, and that's entering the, that last part of the 7K range. He was 44th last week. So tons of upside with guys who played last weekend. And again, you're going to look at like course history, like someone like, you know, CT Pan. Um, three missed cuts or Kramer Hickok, two two missed cuts. But Hickok's played really good lately, right? 13th, 33rd, 42nd. I'm not saying that Hickok doesn't offer some sort of risk, but the thing is that we know that course history here is just very low in terms of correlation of success. So um, Kramer Hickok, if you want to risk it, if you are interested in that recent form, I think he's a way to play. Finally, we're going to go down this in 6K range. We've got Lipsky, Lashley. Again, these guys did well over at the Corrales, 7th and 15th, respectively. Svensson, Smotherman, Shank, Buckley, Long, Revy, Novak, Duncan. The question is, like, when you're rostering these 6K guys, do you think they're going to compete on Sunday? Right, Svensson? Absolutely. Smotherman? I can see names that could be successful. Shank, Hayden Buckley, who I've talked about several times this year as someone who could potentially compete on a Sunday. But I just don't know if Andrew Novak, Tyler Duncan, Luke Donald, Hudson Swafford, if they're going to be the guys I want to like tie my lineups to in terms of like success. Ben Coles getting a lot of love on Twitter. Camilo Viegas, maybe. I mean, now we're like scraping the bottom of the barrel if we're going to like Martin Trainer, who finished seventh last week. But this is how you get different. You look at ownership and you kind of like pivot away from those and everything of that nature. So, all right, that's it. Let's take it home. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the Valero Texas Open. Special shout out to Golf Goons. A thank you to Fanshare Sports. And next week, we lay the hammer down on our first major of the season. Our first major, Augusta National and the Masters. But smash your cast this week, boys. Build that bankroll. Get ready to join that Millie next weekend. Peace.